Welcome to the Real Estate Play-By-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Olbrantz, mortgage industry veteran. On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game game time. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Play-by-Play. Welcome back. So uh, we've all been there. We've all had this happen to us uh, in one form or the other. You go out for a team and you don't make the team. You get cut. Yeah. And in the moment, it feels traumatic. It's hard. It's really rough, you know. Um, Or maybe you make the team and then you're not starting. Yeah. And you're bummed. Yeah. So whatever it is in sports on your team, you're disappointed I found in life that it kind of, you, you, it goes one of two ways. You either just throw in the towel yeah, and you quit or you take what you've learned and it fuels your fire and you come out better than before. You know, Seth Curry actually yeah. in high school didn't actually get, didn't go into the basketball draft. Um, he ended up getting recruited and playing for a smaller college Um, you know, Tom Brady, one of the all time best quarterbacks in the NFL in high school was third string. And he tells this story about, Hey coach, uh, I'm third string and I'm string and I'm only getting two reps. You know, the first string's getting 15 reps. The second string's getting 10 reps and he's only getting two reps. What do I need to do to get more reps? And that's, that's an example of somebody, you know, being proactive using what, has been given to him and turning around and fueling your fire to go further. Can you imagine if they had thrown in the towel then and just said, well, I didn't get my first choice, so I'm out. Yeah. I'm third string quarterback. Forget it. I don't want to play this sport anymore. Yeah. And Um, I don't know about you. I mean, often when I look back in my life, those moments that felt like disappointments, often the next choice or what ended up working out ended up being better than I ultimately could have planned out. I totally agree with you. You know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So true. (laughs) So true. And if you look back in any of the great players in time, at some point when they played their sport, they were knocked down. You know, they didn't make the team. They were third strings, you know? And I almost feel like if you're a player that's just kind of everything's always given to you and it comes easy to you and you're never challenged, you're never pushed to be better. Right. You know, you need something to push you to be better. So with real estate, it's the same type of thing. Say you go in, you find a house you absolutely love, whether you've been looking for a long time or maybe you just started, you put an offer in and you don't get it. Right. (laughs) Offer does not get accepted. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And Obviously, you're lessening those odds when you work with a good agent, but that doesn't mean it's 100% guarantee. I mean, no, there's, a, there's some unknowns in there, right? You don't know how the seller is going to be viewing certain aspects of your, of your offer. Correct. I mean, I can have a client that you know goes in with an offer and they have to get a loan and you're yeah. up against somebody that is all cash right. and has removed all their contingencies and that's hard to compete with. Or sometimes I get new buyer clients that I'll recommend a price to go in at and they want to go in lower. 
Right. Because it's where they feel comfortable. And so right. we go in lower um, and they don't get it. And then they're kicking themselves. Oh, we should have gone in higher. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I, I see that sometimes on our side, right? Some buyers have this idea of, I'm not going to go in over offer or over asking price, right? As though this asking price is like anything other than an arbitrary number in the first place, right? right. But but there's a mental thing that goes along with bidding over like you're <laughs> so like true. you're bidding over what it's worth, which isn't how it works. Like it all ends up selling for what it's worth anyways. So it's it's interesting. And sometimes it takes learning that the hard way. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean yep. in some markets, sellers very intentionally set their offer price lower than they are expecting to get. Correct. And so I think the question is, okay, now that you haven't made the team, now that you're not starting, now that your offer didn't get accepted, what 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 comes next? Yeah. What, what are you, you going to do? Well, there's lots of options, actually. You're going to get back in the gym or are you <laughs> going to sit on the couch? <laughs> so if you work with us, we're going to get back in the gym. <laughs> 100%. We're going to learn from what just happened on the offer that we made. Right. And we're going to come out even stronger in our next offer. Right. And, and we've talked about things like backup offers and things mm-hmm. like that, which are good strategies if you want that house. Right. But Re- sometimes that's not an option. Correct. Um, so it depends on if you've made an offer and there's multiple offers, uh, depending on what's going on with the other offers, uh, as Danielle said, maybe you can um, be a backup. Maybe you can resubmit your offer, make it look different. Right. Um, but let's say you're in a situation where there's multiple offers. The other offer they accept is is pending. So there's no contingencies. At that point, there's really no point in putting a backup. Right. And I think you got to move on. Right. Um, but you can learn from that offer that you make. For example, if my client doesn't get their offer accepted, I'm talking to the listing agent and I'm saying, okay, how many offers did you get? How many offers came in with a loan? How many came in all cash? How many came in and removed all their contingencies? All this little bit of information is going to help you moving forward because most likely you're looking for a home in that area and you're going to be competing with these same buyers on your next house if it's a right. similar house that right. comes on the yeah, market. Yeah, let's not forget if there are <laughs> 10 offers and only one of them gets them, those other nine people are looking for a house just like that. Exactly. So you want to be aware of what your competition is. Right. And the opposite. Say there's only three offers and the two other offers were also getting a loan like you. Okay, good to know. Right. Um, right. You know. And it helps you gauge kind of what the market is accepting of in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. We see that sometimes with like contingent offers where it's contingent on selling another property. And sometimes people will make their first offer subject to selling their other house and then realize very quickly that the market isn't going to be accepting of that. And then we have to switch strategy. We have to maybe go to a bridge loan or, you know, look at other options. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what goes into uh, moving forward and making your offer look stronger is, okay, do we need to restructure what we're doing? As you mentioned, you know, if it's contingent on you selling a home and four other offers were not contingent on selling a home, then moving forward, as you said, maybe we look at a bridge loan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe the three other offers out of four, uh, the three other are all cash. Okay, well, maybe we need to look at lowering our contingency, our financing contingency, or can we remove it? Are they a really strong buyer? Then you consult with your mortgage broker. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's like back to the drawing board, right? What can we Mm -hmm. do to sharpen our offer for the next time? Correct. You know, how can we strategize to make this next 
team the right team. Right. And I think, um, you know, you learn from it and you move on and you make your next offer stronger. So one of the things that I see sometimes on my end, right, because we'll pre-approve somebody and then some real estate agents, not you, but some, (laughs) you know, they'll take that pre-approval letter and then they'll spend the next three, four, five, six months showing people houses Mm -hmm. and they won't communicate back with us. Now we're sending updates and we're giving them market data and things like that. But if the real estate agent is not involving us in the process of actively shopping for houses, sometimes that can cause some problems along the way. Mm -hmm. So when you get pre-approved, you're not really pre-approved to a purchase price. You're pre-approved to a maximum monthly payment based on your debt to income ratios, your down payment, all of those things. And so what I've had happen is, you know, somebody will get pre-approved and then six months later, they'll come back. They say, great news. I found the house. And all of a sudden the market has changed, the interest rates have changed, and now they're not even pre-approved for that amount. So it's really, really important. You know, the home buying process is sometimes like a one and done. You get the house of your dreams on first shot, but sometimes it's a, you know, more time-consuming process and you need to be working as a team. You need to be collaborating really on a case-by-case basis with every property you're looking at, rerunning numbers, looking at how we can maybe like, Go in without a loan contingency, clearing out conditions. Okay, what else can we gather that will make your offer stronger on the loan side? Right. And you give an example of how that could hurt you. Um, It could also be the opposite. You know, a lot of times I have clients that the buyers that come in and say, I don't want to go higher than 1.3 million. That is my max uh, purchase price that I want to go to. Right. And so they won't even look at houses that are like at 1.35 or, or 1.4. Right. Meanwhile, we've been looking at houses for three or four weeks. The rates have gone down about a half percent. Yeah. Um, like they did a, a week and a half ago or so. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, let's go see this house at one, four. No, no, no. We don't want to go over one, three. And I said, well, let's talk to the mortgage broker because at the yeah. end of the day, it does not, your purchase price doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're more worried about what your monthly mortgage payment is going to be. hundred percent. That's what's going to affect you. How much cash do you need into the transaction and what's your monthly payment going to be? And all of those numbers, I just sent out numbers to a woman who we pre-approved her $2 million, maybe um, four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. When we started, that interest rate was like in the high sevens. Mm. And today I just sent her out updated numbers saying, Hey, I just want to make sure that, you know, we can now get you in at like barely seven. That's a huge difference yeah. and might let her look at different properties. Same thing. Like she was kind of capped yeah. at 2 million based on what she wanted to pay. Maybe right. we can go further. You know, maybe we can look at different properties. Yeah. So as you said, it's just really important to be constantly in contact with not only a realtor, but also your whole team, your whole mortgage brokers, you know, and know that if, you know, your offer doesn't get accepted, that you have other things that you can do. Now we've kind of talked about the purchase price. Um, you could also look at, um, you know, right. We've talked about this before in the past, like writing a letter, maybe finding out what the seller, uh, why the seller is selling the property. Uh, If it's an emotional seller, that's very attached to the property, writing a letter about why you want the house, why you think you're the right buyer for the house. Is this going to be your forever home? Letting the buyer know that because, sorry, the seller know that because sometimes, you know, that will play a role right. in if you get your offer accepted as well. I've, I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's other things you can do moving forward to get your offer accepted and making sure that you're looking at 
and exploring every single avenue. You know, sometimes I'll have a buyer that comes to me and I show them a house. They've been looking, let's say, online for a while. Yeah. And they're a, a new buyer and they come to me and they say, hey, I want to see this house. It came up. We go and see it. They love it. They want to put an offer in right away. They don't get their offer accepted for, you know, all the reasons that we maybe have mentioned. And then it's like, okay, let's take a breath. Let's sit back for a minute. Let's look at what we can do now moving forward. Yeah. Because it kind of got rushed. Yeah. You know, that that happens. Like the process just gets really rushed when you find a property. Right. Um, right. But, you know, sometimes you need to get knocked down. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of the opposite can be true too, right? Sometimes people feel like they need to wait to make an offer until... Like yeah. they're 100% certain everything is perfect and they've investigated mm-hmm. every single possibility of of things. And sometimes that can hinder just your overall success of things, right? Like sometimes right. trying out is part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. Just like as long as you have an offer that has contingencies where you can get out of things, like sometimes going through that process helps you get more comfortable with the whole package. Right. Yeah. I I completely agree. You know, a lot of times I will tell my clients, listen, if you like this house 90%, maybe you're not a hundred percent there because it's this or the other that you're kind of questioning or, you know, you're worried about doing some work to it. If you're like 90%, it's like, okay, make the offer, get the house. Yeah. I mean, not trying to sound cruel, but tie it up. Yeah. You know, and try out. Try it out. Let's go back to the house. Let's find out what your objections are. And let's see if we can't come up with solutions and and figure out. You're in a much better situation as a buyer being an escrow on the property than somebody else coming in and swooping in, making an offer, and then it's gone. And then you're kicking yourself two, three, four months down the road being like, why didn't I make an offer? I wish yeah. I had moved quicker. Or even worse, like comparing every other house to that house, right? You go back and you're like, well, it's not that one. It's not that one. And then yeah. nothing looks quite as good because you've fallen in love. That can be tough. Right. Because as long as you have certain contingencies in place, right. you can back out right. of that transaction. It doesn't mean just because you get your offer accepted. And I know sometimes that's kind of a misconception. Right. Just because you get your offer accepted as a buyer as long as you have certain contingencies in place, you can still back out. Right. So like using that same example, you have a property that you're interested in that might need some work done to it. And you feel like you need to like have all those details ahead of time, get your offer accepted, then bring your contractors in, right? Right. Do your due diligence there. Mm -hmm. If for some reason your due diligence proves that it doesn't make sense anymore, Mm -hmm. that's a different story, but you'll never know unless you try. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think so too. So I think the moral of the story is, is if you don't make it, try and try again, you know, don't give up. And um, use that opportunity to re-strategize and get back on the field. Yeah, get back on the field. You know, Um, I think with sports, it's so interesting because I feel like if you get knocked down, you're so devastated, you can't have the good without the bad. It's going to feel so much better to win that championship and get on that team and make that team if you've had to work for it. Totally. Not every game is a win. No, no. Even for the best of them. No. So, all right. Real estate play-by-play. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app or please share with a friend or colleague. For more information, 
helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in the game. game.